there's also a lot of pride in language though and i want to note that there's also a resurgence to save and learn indigenous languages spanish is a colonizer's language and of course it's so intensely tied to a lot of our national and ethnic identity as latinos but so many people are learning and honoring the indigenous languages that even their parents spoke or their grandparents that's a huge part of the specialness of who we are as latinos you're listening to speaking of language a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Julia de Aragon gives us the scoop on the Latino Civic Association of Tompkins County and the programs and resources they offer our local community. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Today, we speak with Julia de Aragon, a member of the board of the Latino Civic Association of Tompkins County, where Cornell University sits. We will learn all about this local volunteer organization, its history, and its offerings to the community. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Julia. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. So we like to start out our podcast by asking our guests about their background and path with language learning and its associated cultures. Um, what's that story look like for you? Sure. So um, I've been in Ithaca since 1998, um, but I am half Puerto Rican. My father is Puerto Rican and my mother is white American. Um, and I identify as Latino and um, and as Puerto Rican very specifically, as many of my Boricuas out there will know the importance of. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of language, I was really excited to join you guys because this is such a such a complex uh, discussion within the Latino community, which is very diverse in nationality and in ethnicity, race, culture. Um, and certainly in the United States, a lot of Latinos that live in the diaspora, which is you know, folks who, who are not living in their homeland who have come to the United States specifically in this, you know, for this example, um, language plays a really important role in identity. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of Latino families with mixed language capabilities where their parents mm-hmm. may speak Spanish fluently as a first language or may only speak Spanish and their kids do not for whatever mm-hmm. reason or just speak a different level of Spanish. Um, so for myself, for example, uh, my father's first language is Spanish and my mother doesn't speak it. Hmm. Um, so I was raised, I was born in South Florida with my father's family. And so formatively, Spanish is in there and Spanglish, I will say, I am pretty <laughs> fluent in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think probably a lot of Latinos in the United States born and raised in the United States will relate to that. Um, so you know, household Spanish, I'm pretty proficient at. My Spanish definitely improves as I spend time in South Florida with my family, Um, but I'm not fluent. And it's a really Mm. interesting dynamic of my identity. And definitely a lot of shame is involved with that Mm. personally. And I know that's the case also for other other Latinos, especially young Latinos in the United States. Um, There's also a lot of pride in language though. And I want to note that there's also a resurgence to save and learn indigenous languages. Spanish mm. is a colonizer's language. Um, and of course, it's so intensely tied to a lot of our national and ethnic identity as Latinos. But, um, 
so many people are learning and honoring the indigenous languages that even their parents spoke or their grandparents. Um, and I think that's really important to know also, because really that's, yeah. that's a huge part of um, the his the history. I don't know the, the specialness of who we are as Latinos in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a member of the board for the Latino civic association of Tompkins County. What is the LCA and what is it all about? So the LCA, um, the Latino Civic Association of Tompkins County, is a volunteer board organization. Um, so we have a membership of, I believe, over 200. Wow. It's a non a non due paying membership. Anyone can be a member. It's really just a matter of adding yourself to our listserv. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'll at the end of the podcast, I'll I'll talk a little bit about how you can find us. But um, we, the Latino Civic Association. Uh, was started informally in 1971 by Hector and Josie Velez, who are really good friends of mine um, and still here in Ithaca. And they've also been involved with uh, Cornell over the years. Um, and so how it started in true, true Latino fashion is that they hosted a party. <laughs> they hosted a Christmas fiesta <laughs> for what was, yeah, what was at the time in 71, a small Latino community um, here in Tompkins County. And so they hosted a party to socialize. Um, fun fact, those Chris- Josie's Christmas parties are still going on. Mm. They are one of my favorite parts of the, the holiday month. Um, but fast forward two decades later in 1994, the association was formalized. And that's when the board was formed. Um, that's when... That's when, you know, like the de- the decision was made around a table to create this into an association, a civic mm. organization that would uh, work to empower and uh, center the experiences of Latinos in Tompkins County. Um, and I got to I got to give a shout out to some of the other organizations that were also in existence here in uh, in Ithaca, who also served the Latino community. GIAC, for example, mm. one of the first um one of the first organized activities that the LCA ever participated in that really, that really helped propel the discussion to formalize the association was host childcare at GIAC uh, for Mm. Latinos and for Spanish speaking families. That was really important at the time. There were not a lot of resources for childcare. And so that need that arose and the action that addressed it really uh, was in partnership with GIAC and also propelled the conversation for the need for the LCA to be formalized. Yeah, nice. Um, so how did you first come to be involved with the LCA? Um, and, and what responsibilities do you have? Yeah, so my um, I was raised within the organization. So when we moved here in 1998, I was three years old. Mm. Uh, and my father, as soon as we moved here, he my parents knew that they were moving me away from South Florida, which obviously... Uh, my family's in Miami, you know, there was, that's a pretty, a large demographic mm-hmm. of Latinos and Puerto Ricans. So when they moved here, they're really cognizant of the fact that they were moving me away from that experience, um, and that connection to my culture. Um, and my father also wanted to fill his own cup, but when he moved here, mm-hmm. uh, so immediately he, he found the Latino Civic Association. He put out, you know, he, he kept his ear to the ground. He found them right away. And since then, we've been involved. Um, he was president of the, the association for a number of years when I was growing up and he's currently the treasurer as well. Um, hmm. but my earliest memory, some of my earliest memories in Ithaca are actually attending our annual holiday party 
um, the LCA's annual holiday party. So I've been immersed in it my whole life, essentially. Um, and now, now that I've returned to as an adult after grad school, uh, I was asked to sit on the board. Although I will say after growing up um, within the organization and also the, within the community as a whole, it felt like a very natural, natural progression. Um, and certainly if I ever step down from the board, my, my responsibilities will remain the same. And my response, you asked about responsibilities. Those vary. Um, we have a very multi-generational board. Mm-hmm. And so I think that also plays into our skills and, uh, you know, the progression in which we see the organization continuing. Uh, so I help on a lot of the promotional end of things, a lot of the social media end of things, um, and I like to think I keep I keep it fresh and funky. <laughs> <laughs> there you An go. Important we, skill. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. We need that in any organization. So, Julia, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the specific programs and services that are offered by LCA? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in preparation for this discussion, I was thinking back the last few years and. Uh, and so some of some of the examples are our, our main our main service I will say our main uh, cornerstone pro- program mm-hmm. is our scholarship program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Cecilia Montaner Vargas uh, scholarship award. She Cecilia was a member of our community who passed away several years ago, um, and she was a tremendous advocate of community service and youth engagement. So we established this scholarship in her name. Um, and since then, we've awarded it to one to two Latino high school seniors or non-traditional students mm-hmm. who will be graduating and attending college in Tompkins nice. County. So this is an annual scholarship. I'd love to plug it. I mean, it's it's every spring around April, uh, the, the application opens. Um, and we are, you know, committed to continuing that for a really long time. We've had a lot of really great support um, mm-hmm. uh, financially. So that's been that's been a cornerstone program of ours but other than that um we one of uh, the other annual uh program that we that we organize and sponsor etc is the hispanic heritage month film festival which is also in conjunction with cultura um and so every year you might have seen we do a lot of promotion around it uh it's an incredible incredible film festival that's really run by an ic professor named enrique um, and it's an international Spanish, Portuguese, English language film festival that is hosted as well at Cinemopolis as well as Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two main annual, uh, uh, programs that we run. And in between those over COVID, we did a bilingual town hall during one of the elections, we have um, produced and disseminated vaccine resources and been an advocate um, on behalf of Spanish language speakers to the county to get those going. Um, there are members of the board. I, I had mentioned that our board is diverse um, in age. It's also diverse in nationality um, and in professional background. So we our pr- current president of the board, Patricia, is from Mexico, and she has a background in farm worker rights. So another area that the LCA works in is farm worker rights um, mm-hmm. on with her in lead of that. Um, and we also we also react to needs as they as they arise. For example, the pandemic, I mean that was that was an unexpected uh, occurrence and we a lot of the work we did was around uh, dissemination of information mm-hmm. um, to to at-risk communities and communities who didn't speak English. 
Yeah. Nice. That's all very important work. It's great. Wheels have fun. It sounds fun. Film festival sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all, it's all good. Uh, and it's all, everything we do is also, I want to, I want to make clear it's open to the entire Ithaca and Tompkins County community. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a ho- our annual holiday party is coming up at Hotel Ithaca in December, December 17th. A ticket link will be shared around. Please attend. It's a good time. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. We'll be there. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, GIAC, the Greater Ithaca Activity Center, and Cornell Cinema, uh, and a few other th- uh, organizations already as collaborators. Are there any other organizations you partner with in the area that you'd like to discuss or, or at least mention? Yeah, I kind of skipped ahead, didn't I? Um, well, I was always going to mention okay. GIAC. Yeah, no, GIAC, Cornell Cinemas, um, we, Cinemopolis, um, these are all organ- local organizations that we um, we have a long-term relationship with in a lot of ways. Um, we've also uh, had a relationship with Southside over the years um, and uh, numerous, as well as numerous Cornell Latinx groups, student mm-hmm. groups and uh, professor groups. Um we, you know, I, I will also say I'm not going to be able to give a comprehensive list because the organization has been around for so long sure. um, and certainly predates me. And the relationships I've been built are um, vast. They're vast mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and hopefully in, you know, continuing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. You already talked a little bit about some of the services that um, you offered, particularly during the pandemic We all know that the last few years have been challenging and occasionally Mm -hmm. transformative for organizations, um, particularly for those organizations that rely on group gatherings for programming. So what kind of changes or innovations have you seen within the LCA? Yeah, um, like many other organizations, like you mentioned, we've had to pivot um, the way we met and the way we enacted programming. Uh, So, for example, our board meetings are actually still on Zoom. Um, partially for COVID safety, but also mm-hmm. because I think we, uh, we've acknowledged that Zoom can be a really inclusive tool for folks who don't live in the geographic area, same area as us, sure. um, who, uh, have physical, um, differences who, and wouldn't be able to attend a meeting elsewhere. So, I mean, I think it's become a tool of inclusivity that's important to a lot of folks. I mean, we're happy to continue using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year we are moving, we took our time, but this year we're moving into more in-person events. Last year, we did not have our, uh, annual holiday party in December, 2021. We decided not to move forward with it, um, due to COVID, uh, we've had distanced any outdoor summer activities we did in summer, 2021 were, uh, smaller attendance and, and physically distanced. Um, this year we're moving into a more um, you know, based on, based on one's personal comfort at the same time, though, like I said, we're continuing with zoom. We're, we're kind of working in this new reality that I think a lot of organizations are, um, where we'd like to keep, keep the tools of equity that we may have discovered during COVID, Mm -hmm. um, and, and integrate them into our, into our new normal. Yeah. I hate that new normal, but I use it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, some people refer to it as the new, new normal or the next normal. Right. Yeah. I feel like we've had a lot of these like stop starts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I will say we're also we're also still pushing uh, pushing uh, health information, bilingual mm-hmm. health information. Mm-hmm. Well, this is great to hear about all of this. Where can our listeners find out more? Yes, yeah, so uh, we do have an email listserv. Um, I it's a Google group. Some folks sometimes have a little trouble with that, but if you would like to email me at julia.daragon, D is in David, E A R A G O N at gmail.com. I will direct you to that email listserv. You can also find us on Facebook, Latino Civic Association of Tompkins County. Um, and then our website is lca-of-tc.org. And you can find uh, all those URLs and email addresses in our show notes. Well, Julia, this was wonderful. It's so exciting to hear about all the important work that you are providing to the community at large here. Before we sign off, we would like to ask you to share a word in a language that you speak, you love, you are learning, you want to learn, that makes you giggle. What (laughs) is that word? That word for me in Spanish is batata. And batata means uh, potato, especially Mm -hmm. in this context, sweet potato, at least as I know it. Um, and it is also used uh, to refer to your calf muscle. And that's why it makes me giggle. It's <laughs> because growing up, yep, growing up, my poppy would always grab my calf muscle and squeeze it and go, my little batata. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that awesome. is commonly used to refer to your squishy calf muscle. Uh, nice. And that, and that makes me giggle. There yeah. we go. I like it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for speaking of language with us, Julia. Thank you both so much for having me. This was really great. Highlight of my day. Nice. Next week, we'll hear from Dr. Claudia Olguin Mendoza, who spoke at this year's Consortium for Language Teaching and Learning workshop on language pedagogy about anti-racist critical literacy and methodologies of the oppressed for language education. Until then. Auf Wiederhören. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu. Or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.